Revolution.org podcast coming your way, guys. This is number 331. Steve Smith here and Rick V. What's up, man? Hey, what's up, Steve? What's up, guys? How's everybody doing out there? Fine, thank you. So, guys, we have another Q&A coming your way. Number 331 Q&A. Let's get right to it, Rick. So the first one, uh, this was a sent in by a listener. He says he's been binge listening the past couple weeks, and he's digging it. So uh, good, good to hear that. We, we re- really love all our listeners out there. He says, I would love to hear you guys discuss a competitive physique athlete and how they might structure their gear during maintenance phases, mini cuts, gaining phases, and then an extended prep where they might have to do a show after 16 weeks of dieting. Then hold for four to five weeks before hitting the stage again, et cetera. This can be an interesting topic. So yeah, this is a lot. This is kind of you know, a complicated one. So let's kind of simplify it and talk about, you know, show prep, you know, let's say, you know, even if whether you're in a, doing a physique competition or you're just trying to prep for a, your wedding, let's say you have a wedding coming up, you want to look good for your wedding, you're getting married on the beach. Let's say you want to look good for photos. Let's say you want to look good. You're going to get back into the dating scene. You know, you want to look good going on a date. You want to be confident. So what are some tips you can give someone, you know, that let's say four or five weeks from now, Rick is a big day. What would you be doing four or five weeks ahead of time to look your very best? See, these sound like simple questions on the outside, but they're really complex. Like how far, how, how badly out of shape are you six weeks out? You know, are you one of these guys that just let yourself go and, and now all of a sudden now you're in a real hurry to get in shape right away? You should never put yourself more than three to four weeks away from, from single-digit body fat. If you, you know, if you give yourself that as a goal, you should never do that. So let's start off with that. Don't ever do that. If you notice yourself getting watery, getting soft in the mirror, climbing up, you know, middle teens and body fat, just get yourself right right away and keep yourself low, low single teen, low teens or high single digits. And try to find ways to adjust your lifestyle to keep yourself. So that's just, oh, this guy, I'm getting married, the wedding and all that. Just don't get out of shape to begin with. You know, don't get out of shape to begin with. And I think those are most of our listeners, Steve. Most of our guys, if you're already listening to this podcast, you've already made the decision to use steroids. And you made the decision to use steroids because you've been in the gym for a while. So just don't let yourself get out of shape to begin with. Uh, as far as now, that's addressing what you're talking about—the wedding and all that. What this guy's talking about is what kind of steroids and how he should use steroids in between shows to to do what I kind of said to keep himself not so far away from competition, but close by. Look, I'll say this over and over again, not to dodge this guy's question, but first of all, get yourself a coach. Make sure you have a coach if you're a competitor. You should be working with a coach. You shouldn't try to do it all on your own. Your eyes will fool you. You need someone else's eyes to really be on point and know just really how good you look or don't look. Your eyes, your perception will fool you. You know, you you need another person, educated person, someone else who knows what they're looking at, what they're looking for, to come in and tell you if you're ready or not, what you need, what you need to work on. So, Get a coach. And as far as steroid use and in between set and in between, again, it's just, it's a, I'm all over the place with this answer. Look, how much extra muscle are you holding on to? If 
you're holding on to an additional 10, 15, 20, 30 pounds, who knows, above what your body could hold on to naturally, you're going to need to be on a little bit more steroids. You're going to need to be on a higher dose of steroids to maintain that muscle mass than if you're holding on less than that amount of muscle over what your body can do. So if you're away from competition and you're maintaining, the main thing is keep your diet on point so you don't get yourself fat. Keep training hard. And if you're out of competition, that's probably like the best times to really try new exercises, try new, new techniques, new things. It's, it's when you get to experiment on stuff, even with diet, when you're away from competition. Because once you get closer to competition, you have to go to what you know works. You have to go, you have to go to you go to stuff. You know, you want to be experimenting with compounds and trying new stuff, really going up to competition. You really should go to your go-to things, your go-to techniques, your go-to drugs for competition. And, and, and off time is the time when you can experiment, try new stuff everywhere, not just diet, not, not just drugs, but diet and training. Because, because if something is not working because if, if you try something for, for a couple of weeks, a few weeks, and it's just not the best, it didn't hurt you because you, the clock is not counting down to competition. Once the clock starts counting down and you need to be, you need to be at your best by that date, then you want to go to your go-to things, to, to all of the knowledge and experience about yourself and your body that you've gained all, the, all these years training and using drugs you want to draw from that experience, that expertise over yourself with your coach and just go to your hardcore go-to things, stacks, everything that you know just just work for you, right? That's it. I don't, I don't even know if I even answered the question, but get, gave all that. Yeah, it's good words of wisdom. So let me take it a different approach. Let's say you're contest prepping. Four compounds that are commonly used today. Test. Trend, Masteron, Winstrol. What I would do is cut off the, tent, trust, the, the trend and test, cut it off. They're inflammatory. The test causes water retention. The trend is inflammatory. Cut those off, okay? Depending on the ester, this is why it's a good idea to use short esters because you can cut them off and they can be out of your system quicker. So you want to use the Trenase, the test probe, if you're using them, okay? And you cut them off three, four, five weeks ahead of your competition, depending on the ester. If it's a longer ester, you want to do more, more five weeks. If you're, it's a shorter ester, you can cut it off three weeks. And then you want to transition. You want to make sure you're on the Masteron. The Masteron is a great hardener. The Winstrol is a great dryer. Those two, for a physique competitor, those are going to be your magic right there. Now, let's say you want to get ready for your wedding. You want to get ready for photo pictures, whatever. You're a model. You want to get ready. You want to be sharp on a certain day fasting. Do like a 7, 10, 14-day fast, water fast. And then two days beforehand, you could start reintroducing fruit, watery fruits into your diet. Those will fill your muscles up, back up. This way you're not flat. And you can use this as a competitor as well. This is a weapon that you can use. So you want to do that fasting, you know, a five-day fast, a seven-day fast, a 10-day fast, whatever, ahead of it, 14-day fast, and then boom, two days beforehand, throw in some fruit, watery fruit, the melons, the berries, the tropical fruits, 
and then you'll fill up your muscles. It'll take about two days and then you'll look extremely sharp. That's, that's from my experience doing this fasting. You guys can look up my fasting logs that I did. That's exactly what I did because my muscles came or flat during the fast. Your muscles are going to be flat. So you want to give it two days to refill. And then that's when you'll be shining about two days. So hope, hope that answers your question. I mean, I covered with the, the compounds and then with the diet, that's the absolute best way. None of this cut calories, you know, ahead of it, blah, 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 all this bullshit, you know, that's a great way to fuck up your metabolism, you know, but like, you don't have to torture yourself to look good. You know, it's so much easier to follow those, those strategies I light out. All right, guys. So the next question, I'm going to bring in Rick early on this because Rick is older than me. We actually found that out in the last podcast. He is actually older than me by like a month or two. So this one. Wait, Steve, how old are you? I'm, I'm 39. I'm going to be 40 in November. Okay. I'll be 40 in August. Okay. okay. Ah, so he's older than me, guys. At 40 in August. That's right. So here's to this. Steroid user yearly health maintenance. Um, such and and my advice on this one, and I said this, I've said this, checking your prostate. That's very very important. Um, Rick, I'm gonna bring you in on this. What are some yearly maintenance things you could do in in as a steroid user to prevent problems that are otherwise very very preventable? I'll give you an answer for guys in the States because I travel outside of the States. So I'm able to kind of handle my healthcare a lot more, get more of a handle on it. I can order labs. I can order all kinds of tests. Stateside, you want to just be open with your doctor. Let them know that you are using steroids, that, you know, how long you've been using them, the lifestyle. And you really, blood tests you want to get, if you're a steroid user, you're going to end up getting about three to four a year. If you're not getting three to four blood tests per year, you're not being responsible with your steroid use. You want to get run all your bloods, everything from uh, liver to kidneys to all of that. Heart, uh, chest. It's called the ECG. The ECG. There you go. Um, you know what's interesting too? Uh, some of those Apple watches now can detect some early signs of problems with your heart. So even nowadays, guys like our age, just get in an EKG once a year. It's not a bad idea. Check your heart, see how, how things are, are, are going. Um, I mean, that's what it is, buddy. I mean, I can't remember what it's called. And again, I, some of the names escape me a little bit because when like I- Like a stress test. test it's, like a, it's a heart yeah. stress test. That's what they call it. And, yeah, heart uh, stress test. But definitely just the blood test. I mean- the main, your main concern has got to be the blood test and anything additional they can do to chest, check your heart along the line and, and heart, prostate, heart, prostate and blood. I mean, really is, is, is your try. It's when it comes to being a steroid user, heart, prostate and blood. And there are different ways they can check your heart from EKGs to, to stuff. They can see it visually, um, prostate. You got to get the finger up there and your bloods will tell you how your liver, your kidneys and everything else is doing side effects and all that. But steroid user, I'd say those are the main three bloods several times, you know, many times a year, depending on, on how you cycle and um, heart, everything that can be, they can, they can do to check your heart, get it all done. And, and prostate 
What do you think, Steve? Yeah, if you guys go on evolution.org, my signature, Steve SMI, always there's a link to how to get blood work on your own. And it's 70 bucks, and it'll give you the basics. If you want to add other stuff, you can add other stuff. It'll push the price up to like 150 maybe 200 at the most. So it was a good idea. Also, STD testing. What about that? Once a year, STD testing, if you're sexually active, before you get into a long-term monogamous relationship, you want to get that done because if you get in that relationship and she has problems, she goes to her doctor and they do a test and she finds an STD, then guess what? She's probably going to dump you because she's going to think you're cheating on her. But really, you already had the STD from a previous engagement and she just didn't, you didn't, you know, you didn't know and she th thinks you're cheating on her. So that's a good idea to get STD tested. Yeah, you, you, you go like, usually like once you're gonna, you're gonna stop wearing a rubber, you go like, it's a whole thing. You should go with her to the doctor. You both get tested at the same time. Like it should be a pretty, uh, pretty well thought out decision to stop using protection with someone nowadays because it's a lot of shit out there. And, um, you know, getting, going to the doctor for a yearly checkup, you know, they're going to stick the finger up your ass. And they're gonna check your prostate. And I can remember I went to a doctor and I was like, I wanna get my prostate checked because I feel something weird on my balls, whatever. And I went there and she did it. And um, yeah, very, very uncomfortable uh, experience because they I actually went to the doctor the other day to get it done, Rick, and I uh, walked in there, I had a glove on. You know, I had a mask and a glove on because of the pandemic. <laughs> and the, the doctor was like, hey, you already have a glove on, you can just do it yourself. So he That's showed me funny. how to do it. That's funny. Yeah. It's, at, then, at, least, at, least, at least he made you laugh before he stuck his finger up your ass. That's pretty good. Well, I mean, he said, you know, just make sure we, you turn and cough the other direction when, when, you, uh, when you go. And he also mentioned, he's like, why are you wearing a mask? He's like, I don't recommend you wearing a mask. So I was like, hmm, why is this doctor telling me not to wear a mask? So I went home and I actually looked into it. And it turns out his brother is a dentist, Rick. And his brother is one in five dentists who don't recommend sugarless gum. So I guess it runs in the family. Ah, there you go. Wow. All right, guys. So the next topic is fasting for Ramadan. How to. So fasting for Ramadan. Uh, Ramadan this year was, let me look up the dates here. It says it was from April 23rd to May 23rd. So they already got it done. Um, so every year, basically once a year for one month, um, if you follow, you know, the, the Ramadan, you don't eat or drink anything from sunrise to sunset. That's, that's Ramadan. So it's pretty much a dry fast all day. So this is right up your alley, Rick. So how would you recommend someone who's an athlete kind of structure this, uh, to kind of fit their lifestyle as an athlete? There's a big thing about Hakeem Olajuwon years ago in the NBA. I don't know if you remember this, but he was fasting and it was during the playoffs and a lot of people made a big stink about it. Oh, this, you know, this guy, he's, you know, he's not going to play. Well, he played fantastic in the, in the playoffs for them. It didn't even affect his uh, performance on the court. So that's a huge misconception right there that fasting somehow affects your performance because it does not. Um, so you mean, you mean you're an athlete and you have to perform while you're doing this fasting? That's what you're asking? Yeah, well, not not a professional athlete, but let's say you're just you know bodybuilder or weightlifter, and how would you how would you look if you if you're it? just a bodybuilder weightlifter, uh, no performance concerns, just just being able to get your workout in, just, just do it. Just don't be a pussy and just do it. You'll get through it. Just go slow, relax, breathe when you have to. You'll sweat a lot. 
Just get well, through how it. How would you time it? How would you time your eating? Because you can't eat from or drink from sunrise to sunset. How how would you time it? Buddy, are you are you ready? Only eat in a four to six hour window, so you might be asking the wrong guy. Like, I already only eat during a small time or during a small period of time at night. So. What do you do? Apparently, look, from the sounds of it, Ramadan, you get to eat, what, 8, 12 hours out of the day, about? 10 hours out of the day you get to eat? About? So you can only eat when it's dark out. So sunset to sunrise, you can eat. So you have about to wait. About 12 hours? It's a fucking breeze. Yeah. That shit standing on my head. What do you do? Okay, have your first meal as soon as the sun goes down. Uh, look. Look online and see when the sun's coming up. So you're accurate, right? It's religious. So you want to be accurate. And set your alarm clock and leave a meal already done a full 30 minutes before the sun comes up. And then the alarm goes off. You go, you go, you have your high protein, high carb meal. And look, your liver will hold plenty of energy if you allow it to. So even if you had to perform the next day, game or whatever, just load your liver up with, with pasta. Pasta is a good way to load your liver up the night before. Or have a nice, heavy, starchy meal. Uh, you know, set your alarm clock right before, right before we come. Look, it doesn't sound like, to be fair, for someone that fasts or, and does time-restricted feeding, being able to eat from sunup to sundown, like with 10 hours, 12 hours, okay, wonderful. No problem at all. No issue at all. Performance-wise, just... Eat, be, eat before sun up. Load your liver up if you've got to, with energy if you need it that day. And that's it. And aren't, aren't some of the, aren't most sports games at night anyway? So you, you'd even be able to have some kind of fast energy foods, Gatorade or whatever, right before, right before the game, once it's dark. I don't, I don't see a problem at all, to be honest with you. Maybe for people who are, not into fasting and now because of religion they've got to do it for the stretch of time yeah it could be hard some some people will be you know lightheaded at 2 3 p.m fuck yeah they'll be lightheaded suffering in pain while they're still fat probably yeah of course but uh someone who fasts uh, it's a, no it's, just, it's it's not it's not a thing at all so this is how this is how I would do it if you're you're a gym rat i'm going to take it from an approach of a gym rat if you're a gym rat i would Make sure you wake up before the sun rises. Hydrate. Lots of hydration. So you have plenty of, of especially if you live in a hot climate, you want to make sure you're hydrated in the morning. Plenty of hydration. And then I would eat dinner after sunset. I'd eat one large meal um, after sunset. Good, large, healthy meal. Lots of good fats, uh, carbs, you know, for your fruits, your vegetables, you know, um, if you want to throw in a meat, you know, here and there, that's great. And, and then that's good. You, you should be good to go. Have a bowel movement before bed and then get a good night's sleep. And the next morning, make sure you get up like 10, 15 minutes before sunrise, hydrate again, and then keep that going. Cause this is going for a month. That's the way I would do it. Now on the flip side, you know, if you want to kind of have a big, big breakfast when you wake up you can have a big breakfast and then make sure you hydrate and then go the whole day you know without eating or drinking and then have another big dinner so that'd be two meals a day split up like about 12 hours 10 hours 12 hours so you know it's different options on that but if i was personally doing it in that situation 
I would have no problems just waking up before sunrise, hydrating the shit out of my body. And then I'd, I'd, I'd want to work out maybe late afternoon, evening, and then have a big meal. Because if I woke up hydrated and had a big workout where I was sweating and stuff, I'd want to rehydrate. And you're not going to be able to rehydrate. So absolutely, when you work out is going to be crucial on this, especially if you sweat. And, you know, so I would even say don't have a hard workout where you're sweating because you don't want to get heat exhaustion. If you get heat exhaustion, you're going to start throwing up. If you throw up, then you're going to have to break your fast. You may not be able to wait until the sun goes down and start hydrating again. You could suffer from something, you know? Yeah, I can see listening to you now. I can see how just people who are not into fasting and dry fasting or anything, how they can have a really hard time not being able to have a water from sun up to sun to sundown. So yeah, I, I could see that. Yeah, definitely hydrate. I mean, you, you, you're not going to die from it unless you're in really poor health. You'll be just fine. It'll be a little bit painful, a little bit uncomfortable. Just use that pain as discomfort as a way to exercise your, your mental strength. Really? You'll be fine. It'll be uncomfortable for sure. Yeah. People, who are, not, people who are not used to it. And look, even me that, I, that I'll drive fast 48 hours, 72 hours. I know it's, I, you know, when I, when I time restricted feed, I, when I do my time restricted feeding, I at least have liquids in the morning. I mean, the first thing I have in the morning, along with my, my capsule of Entuslin and my supplements is I have 36 ounces of water every single morning. It's that, that's my breakfast is 36 ounces of water. So, uh, so yeah, I can definitely see how someone who, someone who's not used to it, will have a really hard time not being able to drink water for 12 hours. But then your, bo your body is, is, is great at staying hydrated, way better than, than they make it out to be. You know, a lot of these things that we think we suffer from, this is, this is the food industry marketing to us. That, oh, you need breakfast. Oh, hydration. Yeah, they want you to buy more bottled sugar water shit. They, they want you to. Your body's extremely efficient at staying hydrated. Incredible. You'll sweat, you'll perspire as long as there's, there's enough water. As soon as water starts to run down, your body starts to make decisions like, can we stand the heat or are we going to sweat a little bit more? Can we? It's, it, it starts to find water in, inside of itself where it needs it. Your body is incredible at controlling hydration. So no, we're not at this ever, never-ending threat of being dehydrated. Uh, bitch, you're 70 percent water. How are you ever going to be dehydrated? Okay? You, 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 it's, it's, it's not that dangerous. You know what I mean? Not, not in a 12-hour span. Not unless you're in a, in a fucking sauna just sweating your balls off. Look, fighters, I mean, again, asking the wrong guy. I cut weight. You cut fucking weight. You can lose up to 20 pounds of water weight in a matter of 48 hours cutting for a fight, big guy. Even the smaller guys, you'll drop 10 fucking 15 pounds even of just water. Water out of your body. 15 pounds of water out of your body in a 24-hour span. And then you walk your ass on over there in front of everybody. You stand on the scale. You flex in front of everybody, face your opponent, look good, and then you go and drink. So no, you're not, you're not at 
you're not going to die. You're not at this never-ending threat of dehydration. It'll be a little bit painful. It'll be uncomfortable. Just use that as, as training to get tougher. That's it. Yeah, and you don't have to be Muslim to, to practice Ramadan. I mean, it's actually, if you want to get into, you know, the whole fasting lifestyle and stuff and this tremendous health benefits. I used to um, work with any, a lot of Muslims, you know? I, I, they, any, uh, they taught any, me it. Any Muslims out there, there's a, there's a, a page on Facebook called the, the Championship Method. I made the mistake of hitting like on this page. This is Muslim kid. He's in, he's in decent shape. He's a natty, a bodybuilder. And he does like inspirational talks and he does workouts. He's annoying as fuck. I'm about to unsubscribe from him because his content is just annoying. But I can see how other people that are Muslim and are, and are natty and, and, and would really like his, his, his style. Um, I mean, he's, he's decent, but like I'm in the industry. So to me, he's kind of annoying. But maybe some, some guys out there, check it out, the, the championship method on, on Facebook. Search him out. He's, he's pretty cool. All right, guys. I, I think it's really good to have some sort of discipline in your life. Even if you just try this, like, for one day. Just can you do tomorrow, just from sunrise to sunset, don't eat or drink anything? I mean, just to have some discipline in your life. And at the end of the day, then you can do – it's like a feast or famine. At the end of the day, then you can feast, have a big dinner, you know, and you – you can, um, you know, that's tremendous. It's tremendous for the body. So we're going to transition into Blue Zones. And we've never discussed Blue Zones on this podcast, Rick. We're up to 331. Never have we discussed Blue Zones. And that's a shame. And I didn't know what a Blue Zone was. Up well, this is like you, you brought Blue Zones up on like the three last three, four podcasts. Not, not, we didn't really discuss it in depth though. In depth. Okay. Yes. Okay. So we're doing blue zones in depth today. You're going to educate me on blue zones today. Well, hitting. so yeah. So I've start, been studying blue zones for like two years now. And um, so blue zones, what blue zones are, are it's five locations around the world, five towns where the people live to a hundred years old, like nothing. They live to 80, 90, hundred. Like that's normal. They don't have obesity. They don't have type 2 diabetes. They don't have heart disease. They don't have cancer. They don't have these diseases that are normal in the United States. Like, it's normal to have heart disease. Everyone knows someone in their family has heart disease. Everyone knows someone who has type 2 diabetes. Everyone knows someone who's obese. It's normal in the United States. But for them, they don't even know what that is. So the five blue zones around the world, Rick, Loma Linda, California, Nicoya, Costa Rica, your people, Sardinia, Italy, Icaria, Greece, close to my people, in Okinawa, Japan, where uh, Mr. Miyagi is from. So it's interesting because those five locations, if you look at a map of the world, they're almost on the same latitude line. So that's interesting, first of all. So it's, it, it has to do with environmental factors, the climate. It has to do with it's not freaking gray skies 80% of the year. It's not you know, uh, sunlight during the winter for like three hours a day. It's not miserably cold. So it's a mild climate. It's, it's, a, ni it's a nice climate. That's, that's one of the things. But let's go through the common denominators that they all share. The first one, strong family and community. You know, so in these places, doesn't necessarily mean they're religious. In Loma Linda, California, they are very religious. But in these other places, they're not necessarily religious, but they have a strong community and they have a strong family to lean on. So anytime they have a problem, they can lean on each other. And that's something that a lot of us in the United States don't have, a strong community. 
The next one is natural and organic diets, rich in vegetables and whole grains. And some of the places in the, some of these blue zones, very, very heavy on fruit and, and vegetables specifically. They don't consume very much meat. They don't consume really any dairy. Um, in any products that they, any meat products they do have, it's on small farms. It's not abused animals like the corporate U.S. farms that we have here. Pretty much 95% of the diet is going to be plant-based, organic plant-based. So fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, very, very important in, in their diets. The next one is no smoking, no alcohol, no drug use. And that includes prescription drugs. I mean, in the United States, everybody is on a prescription drug. I mean, it's normal to be on five different prescription drugs, but they don't even know what that is over there. The next one is fasting. All the blue zones fast in somewhere or the other. Arcaria, for example, they'll fast half the year, six months out of the year. They might fast one day and then eat the next, then fast and eat the next, or fast for seven days and then eat for seven days. So over the course of the year, six months out of the year, they, they're fasting, time-restricted eating, um, it's, it's all that lots and lots of fasting. They don't do what they eat every two or three hours. Like we do in the United States. The next one is low stress. Um, in Okinawa specifically, there's no time urgency. Like they don't rush to get up and go to work. They don't rush to make it to a meeting on time. They don't rush to, to pick up the kids. It's a very slow life. There's no stress involved like we do here in the United States. The next one, meditation, martial arts, yoga. They practice this every day. Every day they do this. How many of us meditate every day? Very, very few of us. Sleep habits. They go to bed early. They wake up early. They don't stay up till two o'clock partying. You know, they don't even keep their stores open, Rick, past sunset in, in most of these communities. Sleep is very important. You know, and they also, uh, some of these uh, blue zones, they also take naps. So um, that's, sleep is very, very important. The next one, laughter and happiness. Uh, very, very important. They're smiling all the time. They're happy all the time. They don't let anything get to them. They don't, they don't get angry over stuff. You know, it's, it's completely different. Like many cultures around the world, um, like in Russia, you ever know any Russians? Uh, they're always angry, like people from Eastern Europe. I've dated girls and they never have a smile on their face. It's certain cultures are complete opposite and they have a very short lifetime. The next one I mentioned this, their latitude, sunshine. Uh, they get plenty of sun year round. Um, it's, it's nice. The weather is good. It's usually partly cloudy, Mediterranean climates or Cal Southern California, Okinawa. These are nice climates, Costa Rica. And then the last one, gardening. They grow things instead of killing things. And gardening is very relaxing. It's, it's giving back to the, to the earth. So, I mean, these are 10 things that they do. And if you can nail all 10 of these things, you will increase your lifespan and live a much healthier life. So go through that list and try to hit all 10 of those things. I would say I hit probably six, seven, eight of these myself. Um, and I'm working on you know, doing more. So, you know, it's, it's all about, uh, that, that's what it's all about. Yeah. Anything else to add, Rick? Well, these all surely are good practices that we'll need to pay attention to. And, you know, one of the main themes that a lot of people 
have an issue with, and I'll keep saying this on the podcast, and it's probably one of the largest problems we face worldwide is mental health. Mental health. Just a lot of people with just fucked up disorders and syndromes and shit they carry with them every day. It's just messed up. So just having good mental clarity, good peace of mind, good peace of mind. If you can find a way to do that, that'll, 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 not only will it extend your life, even if it doesn't extend your life, it'll at least make the life you do have much happier. The old, I'm going to lead you guys in this way, as far as it comes to uh, mental clarity. If you have any pets or dogs, you know, a lot of people that suffer from loneliness and sadness and sadness do tend to have pets. So if you have pets, you'll notice your pet, as long as he's eating, he's playful, as long as he's exercised, he's happy. All that pet needs is food, exercise, a little bit of love. He's good. Really good. Real simple life. Us humans, we're the only animals that we can have a full belly, a warm home, even people next to us, and still find reasons to be miserable inside of ourselves. We are, we've so developed and shaped the world around us to our complete comfort that we are now unhappy with just internal things, just thoughts. Thoughts. Think about that. Just thoughts. And that's the journey you got to go on. You know, if you can... If you can see another creature, be happy with the basics. And you yourself already have more than the basics and you're still unhappy. That's the journey you need to be on. That's how, how can you just be happy existing? How can, how can you just be happy existing, being fine, being free from hunger, free from pain? That should be being free from hunger, free from pain, free from disease. That, that should be enough to just be happy. And then everything else that, gets on top, that goes on top of that is just challenges in life that make life worth living. The challenges, the, just the, the hard parts of life is what makes life worth living. So, yeah, blue zones, all this stuff. Yeah, good, uh, good diet, good exercise. Don't fucking eat too much and all day and have good mental health. Practice and strive towards good mental health, good mental clarity, control over your emotions. Yeah, good stuff, Steve. Definitely good stuff. Yeah, I mean, in the proof, a lot of guys are like, oh, you know, show me studies of this. I'm like, dude, we have the fucking studies. <laughs> I just told you these people live to 100 no problem. They don't have any of these problems. In the United States, we're all, you know, look at our obesity rate, type 2 diabetes rate. You know the other country that has high diabetes and high obesity, Rick, now? China. You know why? Because China, their middle class has exploded the past 20 years. They have a huge middle class, even bigger than the United States now. And what happens when you are in the middle class? You've got money to buy food. you got money to buy sugary foods and now american companies have moved to china like pepsi and coke and all our fast food companies mcdonald's and subway and now they're making money off of china 
with all these restaurants and stuff. And the Chinese are, they want to be cool. They want to do what Americans do. And they think that these American fast food companies, that's what Americans do because they see Michael Jordan eating Big Macs. So they think that's what Americans do. They want to be cool like Americans. So their obesity, their type two diabetes is even more than ours now because of this. They never had type two diabetes though 30 years ago, but now it's all type two diabetes. They're exploding 25% of the population now is obese and type two diabetes. So just look at that as proof of what we're doing wrong. And in the next podcast, I'm gonna kind of get into more of these refined oils, which are also screwing up our health and kind of get into, we're gonna get into that as well on our next podcast. But that's the proof guys, the proof is in that. We're not doing things correctly when it comes to how we're living our lifestyles. And if you correct that, you will not only live longer, but you'll live healthier and you'll look younger, you know? So Rick and I don't look 40. I mean, Rick's had way more stress than me. He, he looks older than me, right, Rick? You look older than me, probably <laughs> because you don't have any hair. But look, you know, we look way younger than 40. There's people our age that look like they're 60, 70 years old with wrinkles and everything, so. All right, guys. So I, I, yeah, yeah I, I think I do look a little bit older than you, being, uh, being real. I think, um, I think, you know, starting a business, you start a business, bro. <laughs> You'll fucking know just how. And again, talk about mental health. Hey, man, I was a landlord for eight years managing properties. That's yeah. more stressful than starting a business. I bet. Trust me. I bet. Trust yeah, me. I bet. Yes. Yes. Property management is, is incredibly stressful. Incredibly stressful. Um, Every time I, my phone rings now, I fucking my heart jumps because I'm thinking it's a tenant calling me because yeah. their air condition broke or yeah. something. I've, 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 I've known, I know people in, in property management industry. It's definitely stressful. I think anytime you, you have trouble managing stress, and, and for many years of my life, I had trouble managing stress, it does take, it does take a toll on you health-wise. And it took me took me a while, a long while, very long time to really manage stress to the point there it is now where like anything could be going on and I'll be fine to solve it, very motivated, energetic to solve it, but it won't wreck the way that I feel. It won't throw me into weird emotions. Nothing besides maybe, God forbid, having a fucking knife through my throat, literally like an actual blade to my throat will make my heart jump. Any of these paper problems, made up fucking bank paper problems, look, just work, <laughs> work put in and it'll solve itself. As long as he my health is fine, as long as there are no, no weird pains in places that I can't explain or, or any immediate threat of physical harm, psh, anything else, it's just a breeze. It's just, it's just a part of life's journey and, is what makes life exciting. But it took me so many years to figure that out, Steve. I used to sit there, man, and my heart would raise and I'd get physically ill just over, you know, having a back call with, a, with, with, a, with an important client or just over, you know, product that was going to be, to be late and, you know, just physical pain and, and physical anguish from, from these these problems that weren't that weren't physical like if if we ran out of a of a product or, or some of these problems happened for that to domino effect into something that would really really affect my life negatively there were so many steps to go 
than for me to like have my stomach drop and feel physical pain over, over something like that. I, it, it took me years to realize like, hey, there's no need for that. You deal with the problem, solve it, be proactive. But be proactive in solving things without having all this anxiety and a hole in your chest. Just be proactive while you're happy. While you're happy that you have these problems to solve. Be thankful for your problems, whatever they are. Just be thankful. Be thankful that you even that you even have the ability to solve them, no matter how hard and how long the solution might take. You know? Just be happy to like, just be happy with life with the good and the bad. You know, that's it. And sometimes you have to dump the situation. Like I I got out of that business and I said, and then people, you know, I've dated girls and stuff who 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 wanted to like keep their house and go buy another house with me or, or whatnot. And they're like, Oh, I'm going to rent this house and go buy another house. I'm like, trust me, don't do it. I don't want the headache. I don't, I literally like broke up with a girl over this. I'm like, I don't want the headache. And they're like, Oh, it's fine. It's fine. I'm like, no, it's not fine. I, I don't want that headache anymore. So sometimes you just got to eliminate these headaches, man. And it might be, you know, getting rid of a, a relationship or it might be getting rid of an investment you made. Uh, if it's stressing you out, so what? If you lose money on the investment, just, it's better just to cut it loose and eliminate those things because, you know, people don't worry about this stuff. Like in the blue zones, they don't worry about this type of crap. They, they don't have these stresses. They live a very simple lifestyle. And sometimes having a big house with four or five bedrooms and having two or three cars and a Tesla and a BMW and a Mercedes and uh, living in a gated community and all this, but then you're making 100000 a year between you and your wife and you're still breaking even on the year. Maybe you need to simplify your life a little bit. Maybe that's the solution. So that's what I do. I live, I live a modest lifestyle. I'm, I'm, you know, no matter what, no matter what, I always live a modest lifestyle for that reason. And it keeps things so much simpler. And, and, and one thing to remember is this, the actual, if you feel anxiety over your challenges, it'll cripple your ability, your ability to solve them. So having good control over your emotions goes a long way because then if you've got a problem, getting wrecked about it, emotionally wrecked about it, it's not going to make you go away. Just, just train yourself to, to be very proactive and, and very active in solving your issues without needing to get emotionally wrecked over it. And you, you'll just be so much better at problem solving. Your life will just be so, that much better and, and problems will melt away. If you just, but I mean, it's a balancing act. It takes a while. It takes a long time, but hopefully uh, these next, uh, this next half of my life that I have left, I won't age as fast as I, as my face has aged from, from really, uh, I won't, from just all this worry over the years, just getting. Well, you got divorced too. And I have not. That's another Dude, everything, everything from, from divorce to, to just business issues, even just where I started off. I mean, we were, we're extremely poor when I, when we started off, you know, we came to to countries, new immigrants, parents didn't speak the language. And, you know, my dad was a janitor always the whole time we were there and God bless him, hard worker. But, you know, we had, we had things, you know, it's just, it's tough. And you grew up in the Bronx too. And that's a rough area. I watched rumble in the Bronx. (laughs) It's rough. (laughs) <laughs> you know, you had to fight people. Rumble in the Bronx. Isn't that a Charles Bronson movie from back in the day? No, no, that's Jackie Chan. 
Is Rumble in the Bronx is Jackie Chan? Yes. He's fighting everybody in the movie. He comes to the United States from China and he has to fight everybody. Yeah, def- so def- It's a realistic def- movie. It's a, it's a very def- realistic movie. Definitely trying to tr- that journey coming up from kind of starting there to, to you know, one day having a, a small business is, is very, as hard as, is, is, I mean, everything, anxiety, everything. But I guess... Now, looking back on it now, I could have done probably better if I had more control of my emotions and didn't get emotionally wrecked by every single bump on the road, as maybe I did in my mid-20s and, and, you know, early 30s, probably. I started to get a handle of it, really. You know, I, it started to come in. I started to get a handle on it, buddy, after I, I, I suffered from anxiety. I've said on the podcast from like 15 on until like 30-something. And it was just really terrible digestion. At some point when I was a, a child, I, around 13, 14, I, I took a, probably a couple of really hard, harsh course of antibiotics, which wrecked my gut health. And I didn't add any probiotics or any friendly cultures into my body until my 30s, really. Even in the industry, I was taking steroids, taking clenbuterol, doing all these things, and just completely overlooking the fact that I thought my anxiety was just generalized anxiety and, and I was just living life without taking Xanax and narcotics to, to, to make it go away. I was just living it. But no, it, after only about three, four days of taking probiotics, digestive enzymes, and fiber with every meal on this trip I went on, it went away. Anxiety went away completely. And I felt happiness for the first time in years. And it wasn't happiness. It was just the absence, the absence of anxiety. And I still had all the same problems, the same challenges that I'd had in the days before, same ones. Only difference was that I wasn't physically sick when I thought about them. I knew they were there. I felt and I understood all the, all the abilities and, and all the steps that I needed to solve them. And it, it just kind of changed, 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 changed my life, right? And, and then from then on, it was a journey to like, okay, now, now I want to be able to just work and face every single one of life's challenges, no matter, no matter how hard they are, without getting worried and wrecked about it. Like not even losing a fucking ounce of sleep over any of this, no matter how much is, is at stake, no matter how much. And again, I just keep going back to that. No matter how much paper is at stake, fuck paper. Your health is number one. The way you feel is number one. And you can be up every day for the game, proactively working on creative solutions to get you to the next phases of where you need to get to without being an emotional mess over any of it. You know, it took years to figure that shit out. And hopefully it's something something that I've learned that I'll never unlearn and I'll keep refining as as the years go on. I'll be, I'll be one of these really old, zenful, peaceful old men. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what, getting a divorce, you know, getting a divorce with kids is, is a really tough, you know, yeah, it's some of the, some of the hardest times in my life. It's it's very, I think, I think like these two wrinkles here on my forehead got those during that time. I mean, dude, it's, it's, yeah. Well, it's like a death without a body, you know? All right, guys. <laughs> yeah, what the, what the, what the, you come out of this left field stuff sometimes. 
I mean, you open yourself up to these jokes, bro. Dude, you know, when you, when they're opportunistic, they're awesome. But when you try to like frame them up until the right moment, it just doesn't, doesn't, you gotta, you gotta just hit, you gotta hit the ball. Well, funny, this is the fourth joke I said, and you're, you were oblivious to the first three. Yeah, you didn't didn't catch all. All right. So the last topic, guys, we're gonna hit this one quick. It's coming up to summer. And everyone wants to know all the beaches are opening up all over. Uh, COVID is spreading, you know, like, like pollen spreads. But, you know, we got to get laid, you know. We got this body. We're working on this body. We got to get laid at some point, right, Rick? We can't just, you know, hide in the bunker all, all, all summer. So how do we score chicks on the beach is the question. You got these girls on the beach, you know, they're looking. They're looking for a guy. Girls, you know, they want a hot guy to come approach them. So what's your strategy for uh, – How'd you used to do it back in the day when you were going to partying and spring break out of college? You went to Bronx College, right? Brooklyn College. Was it called Brooklyn College? You know, being a young man is a much different story than when you're a guy in our age group. When, When you're a young man and you're at the beach, you're usually in a setting where there's other people around your age around. You might be kind of, you know, it's, it's a different, it's just a different mindset. Now at our age, when I go to the beach, just looking to get some sun, have a little bit of fun, and I'm out of there. I mean, 20, 30 minutes, and I'm going to get the fuck out of there. Go home. I'm done with the salt and the sand. It's over with. So, I'm, you know, I don't know, dude. I mean, when I was younger, just don't be fat. Be nice looking, you know, and see who's, and see who's paying attention back to you, and don't be afraid of approach them. Don't be afraid to approach them. I mean, you used to go it. to Hampton. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of 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 rejection. Don't be afraid of no. All these little mental, little quirky things. Just use them. Use them as training to become stronger. So go out there, and even if you're afraid of rejection, even if you're afraid of approaching a, a, a female, just go and do it. This is advice to young kids, right? Just go and do it. If you're an older guy, just, oh, dude, he looks so fucking corny out there trying to pick up chicks on the beach. You got to just, not the best spot, man. Unless she's like throwing herself at you. Don't go with, just don't, just don't. You know what I mean? Don't. If you really, if the situation really arises and you want to not lose contact with this person, but also don't seem like a creepy older guy, um, just follow him on social, you know? I mean, even if she's your age, dude, even if she's, we're both in our 30s, is still asking for numbers at the beach. That's a little bit, I don't know. So you want to stalk her on social media? Nah, huh? you, just say, you just say, hey, you know, let's follow each other on social. It's, it's pretty, anybody will give you those social. It's fine. It's fine. And then if, if she wants to talk to you further, she will. And if she ignores you, then you know it's done and that's it. But, but that's a, if you want to keep in contact with somebody or not lose contact with someone and see if there's an opportunity to follow up, social is the best way. She'll, she'll, she'll make sure to, be, to really kick it back to you, kick the ball back, hit the ball back on social and chat and whatever if she's interested. And if she's not, then, you know, that's it. But if you ever run across somebody, you run across them and you know if they walk away, this might be the last time you see a person like at the beach. So this girl, she's hot, she smiled. Chances allowed you to have a short conversation. You might only get one shot. Just say, hey, 
What's your Instagram? Can I follow you on Instagram? Or say, hey, you follow me. Social, face, whatever. Uh, LinkedIn. If you're an older guy, professional, you don't, you don't play that social bullshit. It's like, hey, you know, can I follow you on LinkedIn? I have a LinkedIn profile. That's also good. And that's just a nice, easy way to keep contact with someone, find out a little bit more about them. And it looks sometimes, and it's happened. Sometimes I'm, I'll meet someone that I think is it's nice looking. We'll have a short chat. We'll get on social, you know, because numbers, if she's got a boyfriend at the moment or it's complicated at the moment, numbers are, you know, you give somebody your number, that's eh, a different signal to send. But social is fine. She so grabs socials. And then, you know, three, four, six, seven months down the line, she starts hitting like on your shit. Then you hit like on one of hers. And then she says, hey, I haven't talked to you in a while. What's up? And then you're like, holy shit, this girl I added on here six months ago, now she's talking. Guess what? Things might have changed in her life, right? She, it might have not been complicated. She might have left that guy. She might, you know, whatever could change. And then you'll spark something up. And then you'll be glad that you just got social and waited and waited a while. It's, it's fine to do that. That's it. I mean, well, one of the main things, and I've said this over, over and over again when we've discussed relationships, just don't be in a hurry. Don't be desperate. Don't be lonely. Be about yourself. If you go to the beach, you should look good. You should look good. You should have a, a good beach body. What does it mean when you go to the beach and you have a good beach body? You have good round muscles, means you're working out. You've got a passion for things, some discipline at least. Got nice lean body. You care about the way you look. You watch what you eat. You have self-discipline. I mean, these are all pretty good indicators of you're already showing signals of being a top, top guy, top male. If you got a six-pack, you got nice big round muscles you at least have some dedication, spend some time doing something. Yeah. So Hampton is Hampton have a beach, right? The Hamptons. Is that never been to the Hamptons? Yeah. I've never been to the Hamptons. Isn't that like for rich people? Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't do rich people stuff. But how do you get there? Do you have have to take a ferry or can you drive there? I don't fuck. I think you could, you could drive there. Ferries. I don't, I don't fucking. Because in movies, they always take ferries there. I was wondering why it's like, is it like an Island or is it part of Long Island? I don't get it. I don't, you know what? I like to go to like the cheapest, loneliest places. Like I'll go to a third world beach and you know and in a little island before I, I go like try to spend money at the hamptons this is ridiculous yeah so i really quick um i have a story uh how to get girl girl <laughs> this better be a good steve joke not a bad steve joke all right, we've seen both of them on this podcast. So, well, I, hear you. I, I, I see you building up over there. I'm, I'm watching you right now. I see you building it up over there. I'm ready for a good Steve joke. Let's well, it depends how much pot you've smoked before this podcast. Whether you find this funny, no, this is a true story. So, I went to the beach with a buddy of mine. We were picking up girls. I was like, let's go pick up some numbers so i'm like i'm gonna go this way you go the other way let's see how many numbers we pick so we got back together like a couple hours later and i'd gotten three numbers i'm like dude how many numbers did you get he's like i got zero and i'm like oh shit i'm like dude no worries we'll come back tomorrow you'll score some numbers so i told him this is my advice go go to the supermarket and buy a potato and then tomorrow meet me back here with the with the potato (laughs) all right so (laughs) 
I'm listening to potato. We'll be back here with the potato. All right. So the next day we back, got together and I'm like, dude, you got the potato, right? He's like, yeah, I picked up a potato. I'm like, all right. So you're going to put the potato in your shorts and then you're going to walk that way. I'm going to walk the other and let's see how many numbers we get. That's the secret. Put the potato in your shorts. So a couple hours later, we would get back together and I'm like, dude, this dude, I killed it. I got four numbers this time. How many did you get? He's like, I got none. I'm like, dude, I told you to freaking put the potato in your shorts. And he's like, I did. And he turned around. He's like, see, I put the potato on my shorts. He had put the potato in behind his shorts, back of the shorts, not on the front. And he said the women were running away from me. Oh, wow. Okay. That's a good, okay. Let me think. I'm not going to, you know, I was going to give you a pity, a pity laugh on that one. I'm, I'm not even going to do that. I'm not even going to entertain it. I don't think, I don't think that punchline came out right. Nah, so. nah. It's, it's, you know, it's, uh, you just got to know how to gauge your situation. Don't be, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of, uh, don't be afraid of rejection. It's the main thing. Be all comfortable with yourself, you know, and that's it. I don't know. It's easy, man. See, if you've made it this far in the podcast and you're listening, let me give you one of the best tips if you want to go out with hot girls, meet hot girls, romance hot women, really beautiful women, um, become fluent in Spanish. Just start that off. Once you become fluent in Spanish, you come, you come search me out. I'll tell you the rest of the story. But become fluent in Spanish. You learn Spanish. You just open yourself up to a whole new market of, of gorgeous women that you probably are not open to right now because your gringo ass can't even talk to them. And they're right in your neighborhood. They're right next door. I mean, they're right here. They're traveling in and out of the country. They're just everywhere. And you're missing out on them because you can't communicate with them. What about Portuguese if they're Brazilian? Portuguese, Spanish. Look, if you had to pick one or two, Portuguese is great. Uh, shit, I could learn Portuguese. Do most speak Brazilians Spanish. speak Spanish too, though? No, no, no. They don't? They just no, speak they Portuguese. Like, it's, it's, it's not hard to communicate with a Portuguese person if you speak Spanish. Not very hard at all. Quite between, between words that sound alike and a little bit of sign language and context, you're fine to, to communicate with, if you speak Spanish, with somebody that speaks Portuguese. But... As far as, uh, as far as meeting women, knowing women, chatting with women, getting to know women, learn Spanish. Learn Spanish. You'll, you'll, now again, not only are you opening yourself up to local market more around your, your way, there's just the possibilities are endless. And that's one of the things that, uh, that scares a lot of guys about getting away and, and leaving the States to go do stuff is, is needing a translator all the time, needing somebody to... Just do it. Like, learn Spanish. There was a guy, uh, I watched it on Locked Up Abroad, where they, people, they go to other countries and they get arrested. So this guy got arrested in, in uh, Brazil for, uh, he was trying to bring drugs back to the United States. And while he was in prison for four years, he learned Portuguese. So then when he got back to the United States, he went to a party and there was a Portuguese girl there. And he was talking to her in Portuguese. He's like this white guy who's fluent in Portuguese. And she loved it, like, and they ended up getting married and stuff. And he could communicate with her family from Brazil and everything. So it's a huge advantage to be able to speak another language. If you're just a white dude who can Spanish, speak another language, I'm that's crazy. telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you guys out there, if you're struggling with women, 
fluent in Spanish, completely fluent in it, like good enough to where you can you can walk out on the street and on the street in a in Costa Rica, in Colombia, Medellin, you know, and and just go and and get around. You're all, dude. You have you have no idea. You have no idea the options and the possibilities that open up. You have no idea how many gorgeous women visit the states, have visas come come in and out, or going, you know, even going to school. Even some of them learning English. It just opens opens the world up to an unbelievable degree. If you, if you really, it just opens up a new market. I mean, look, and it's, it could help your business. It's just good personal development to learn a second language. You know, I fucks with Portuguese a little bit, know enough from being around jujitsu and just having friends um, and being, you know, traveling to South America, I know a little bit, not, not enough to feel comfortable with it, but it's all right. I mean, yeah, Spanish. Spanish is the way to go if you wanna if you wanna do that. All right, guys. I know Mira Capasa Agua. I I learned a little bit about by traveling. How about Narenga? Narenga. What do you want to drink? Narenga. That that's probably like some drink and it's that's, orange. It means orange. Yeah, naranja. Naranja. That means oh, naranja. Jugo de naranja. <laughs> you know, it's. I'm telling you, it'll it'll. It'll open up a different. You know it'll just say, open up a new world, dude. Do you know Tell how me. to say piña colada in in, in the Spanish? Uh, piña colada. <laughs> What's that? What movie is that from? Remember Godfather Part Two? He's in the Cuban restaurant, and the, the brother is like, "How do you say piña colada in Spanish?" And then and then Michael's like, "Piña colada." <laughs> piña colada. I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't remember that part of the movie, but yeah. All right, guys. Oh, it's it's. Uh, I'm telling you guys, if you made it this far down the podcast, talk about girls' relationships. I mean, if you're serious, right? Learn Spanish. Mm-hmm. If you're serious, learn Spanish. Open up a whole new world for you. All right, guys. Evolution Outward podcast. This was number three thirty one. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, it's entertaining as always. Uh, we'll uh, we'll talk to you guys next week with another Q and A. Thanks for listening. Have a good one, Steve. Have a good one, guys. Guys, this is the required legal disclaimer. We are only sharing our experience from years of steroid use. We are not doctors, and none of what we say should be regarded as medical advice. Always check with your doctor before taking any drugs or starting any training program.